Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. Before we get started, a word from our sponsor. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about seven overarching characteristics of God and how these affect our identity. It's clear today that so many people are struggling with identity. Even believers struggle to find our callings, our purpose, and our place of being followers of Christ. We know in our hearts that God does have a purpose and a plan for us, but even so, we can still spend so much of our time wondering what that means for us to be Christ followers. Well, our guest today, Christian Bevere, creative director of Sons and Daughters and co-author of their recent devotional, I Am Transformed, is here with us to share the good news that as children of God, we can live from our identity instead of constantly searching for our identity. Exploring who God is and what that means as his son or daughter can help unlock what has been placed inside of us so that we can flourish in our God-given identity. Christian Bevere is the Bevere daughter-in-law imported from Alabama with a heart for discipling, designing, and dreaming. Christian received her Bachelor of Liberal Arts degree from Auburn University and has since been using her creative talents to help people discover their God-infused identity. As the Sons and Daughters Creative Director, she disciples leaders around the world through teaching and writing. Christian is passionate about equipping young adults, especially women, to redeem and restore their identity in Christ. Please help. Welcome, Christian. Hi, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me and the extension of me with Sons and Daughters on your podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. As I was uh, looking at your your new devotional called I Am Transformed, I was really, really thinking that that is such a great title because I think when people do read this, they are going to be transformed. But I want to take a step back. Can you first tell us just about the mission that Sons and Daughters exists to accomplish? Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's funny because you might hear Sons and Daughters. Some people think we're the band Sons and Daughters. I wish we were that um, ever visibly talented, but even though we live outside of Nashville, singing is not our forte, but uh, we do do as a family is um, we have hard conversations. We get to do ministry and life together. We, we see things that um, my in-laws 
John and Lisa have lived well and taught over the years. And my husband, especially a couple of years ago, back in 2017 said, you know, there are real principles and life lessons that are not getting passed down to our generation and the gener generation after us, because it, especially for whatever reason, there seems to be a disconnect at times of, well, the older generation, um, and I don't say old, but older than us generation doesn't understand us or we want something different. And his real goal was to see what are these lessons that we have been taught, um, him and his brothers, that our generation needs to see. So what we're trying to do is to communicate these life lessons, you know, these transformational tools, if you will, in a way that um, speaks to our generation and that we will hear it so that we can be living in the fullness of who we were called to be. Essentially what you were sharing earlier, we want that for every um, son and daughter of God to walk in that fullness and just get the most richness out of our relationship with Christ because Ellen, there's so much there um, and we're under the impression of we'd hate to not get a single ounce like we want it to drip righteously drip, drip well um, and receive all that's coming down to us. Oh, absolutely. And you guys are uh, amazingly doing that in so many different platforms, right? On YouTube and your devotionals and where, where else are you guys? Yeah, we, um, we're mainly on Instagram. We get to do YouTube a little bit as well. Um, podcast. What's fun is, you know, we're, we are a family. We're a collection of many individuals. So there are, uh, there are many expressions too. And John and Lisa, who I mentioned, they are mom and dad to the sons and daughters group. Mm -hmm. So there are multiple ways to connect and a, a lot that God's honestly doing through the different vessels. But yeah, where it's, it's fun to come together to do a devotional together. Um, I think, you know, if anyone comes from a large family, even a small family, you know, that getting everyone on board for the same mission, <laughs> getting every opinion and background into one um, plethora of ideas is, is kind of a, a miracle in of itself, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, to do the devotional now of our second book together has been quite the journey and adventure and, and really neat to experience as a family. Oh, well, let's talk about the latest devotional. It's yeah. called I Am Transformed. What is the inspiration for this project? And what is your desire that the impact will have? Yeah, as I said, a lot of different inspirations and, and hopes coming into play of one, but collectively what we what we desire um, is to see that fullness, is to see what can be nuanced or complicated in faith conversations become um, innate, pull from that innate side of this doesn't have to be a lofty topic. You know, we talk about things like I am holy. Uh, to me, especially in the beginning of my walk, that felt like a big task to understand or almost unachievable. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am righteous. These, these words that we read a lot in the Bible, but we don't necessarily maybe attribute to ourselves um, or our walk with God. But the, the simplicity of it all is, you know, God tells us, I am holy, so be holy. I am righteous, be righteous. Uh, I have made you called. I've made you confident. All of these blessings he speaks over us. And 
having almost a childlike approach to it, especially with this devotional of just digesting and living in the truth of his word um, every day and realizing that is our reality. It's not, you know, a hope or a checklist or a banner we wear on Sundays, but it's who we are. It's our identity at its core. Um, So the hope is for an individual going through this to be transformed, not in a new calling or a new um, sash that we are putting over you as as the authors of this book, but as someone that's just help holding our hands, you know, just going shoulder to shoulder with our fellow sons and daughters and saying like, hey, there is a, a vibrance, a reality of this life that we're called to. Um, and it's just in God's word. Like, let's live in that reality. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBTPODCAST, that's CBTPODCAST, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Yes, absolutely. This kind of your premise reminds me of our high school ministry. It's called 24-7, and it's really just reminding the kids to, um, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing. This is how we're living our lives every day, every hour of every day. Well, how do you advise readers to kind of position themselves for God to work through their hearts when they encounter him in this devotional? Yeah. um, The biggest position I would think, the biggest challenge I see for my generation and even myself is unhurried and undistracted. Even this morning, um, we were chatting about this before we started, but uh, I have a a newborn, little three-month-old, and he woke up around five or so and when put him back down for his nap. And I was like, I have all of this time on my hands. I'm going to get the laundry done, get this, and then I'm going to do my Bible. And I was like, oh, I really need to challenge that way of thinking of this needs to be, um, you know, the start, not only when I wake up and, okay, it's my start, but even when I have these moments of um, unhurried time or I'm the only one awake, like how can my heart be fine-tuned to getting with him first, maybe not in a litany exactly first every day, but like my heart's first desire. Um, and so I think if we can be unhurried and undistracted, we'll get so much, even just out of reading the word alone. But um, that would be my first advice because it is a, a biblical tool, right? That's what you hope it enhances your Bible time. Um, and then I think just with an open heart and open idea uh, Sometimes, especially here in what we call the Bible Belt region, it's easy to either feel on two sides of the coin of we're reading the Bible or we're checking a mark, we're understanding it, but it's not fully sinking in, or 
the Bible is so rich. We can never put ourselves in those stories. It's only we're reading stories about other people, but bridging that gap almost of, I'm going to read this with one, you know, undistracted, I'm fully alert in this, but two also with the um, expectation that I'm going to receive from this and for lack of a better word, be transformed by what I'm reading. Yes, that's, you really have to think of it in those terms of, of positioning your heart the way we can receive his word the best. And I actually love how you guys do that in, in every day here in here. The very first thing is a reminder to rest. And I love how you're reminding the readers to take a moment to focus on God and do some breathing and, um, you know, reminding yourself that this is, this is a sacred time mm-hmm. that you have and can spend with God. Well, so your book centers around these seven overarching characteristics of God. Can you sort of briefly touch on those and how those characteristics affect our identity? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it'd be a tough uh, bit to try to get them all in a few, few sentences. Um, so I encourage everyone just to pick up the devotional and read it for yourself. Um, but there are seven words and seven attributes that we felt really were poignant for um, this day and age and things that we hear often as words, but maybe not understand that they are actually uh, describing us. And that would be, I'm called, I'm creative, confident, secure, loved, righteous, and holy. And as I alluded to earlier, some of those, I would, I would not, you know, if you told me, Hey, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I wouldn't say, oh, well, I'm secure and I'm loved. Mm -hmm. I might would say, I hope to be creative. Um, But there's just such a a pool of how God has designed all of us. And it's really easy to say, well, yes, I am creative, but am I really confident? Um, I don't know. Or what does it mean to even be biblically confident? That one threw me for a loop when we first started talking around this project. Um, but there is, and the more we dive into scripture and we see, um, you know, initially it's almost like the effect of, uh, you talk about something and then you see it everywhere, right? Like you'll say, mm-hmm. uh, man, I just want this. And I'll come on a commercial and your, your ads on your social media. And it's the same way for these attributes. We find, you know, if we, once we realize God calls me to be confident in him, then we look throughout the word and we're seeing, you know, he told Joshua to be confident. He told all these people, like he sends people on missions and all that to say, like, I'm getting excited about the idea, but when we realize what God has called us to, we see it become evident in our lives. We see it clearly and repetitively through his word. And so what our hope is, is as we highlight these attributes of who God has called um, all of us to be, that you begin to see that in your life of, yes, I am seeing God calling me. Um, he's called me to this area. He's uh, instilled me to be righteous. Um, and just that it would illuminate these different areas in people's lives. That's that's our hope between the seven I am statements. Yes, I think it absolutely will. I think that's kind of what what I took out of this is that it's really going to expand your understanding 
of who you are in Christ and so many different attributes that you you might not even think are applicable to yourselves like the chapter on being creative or creativity there there was so many aspects to that um, that I found so interesting so it really will expand your understanding well let's think about someone who might be listening to this who is perhaps maybe just a new believer what what's your best piece of advice for men or women trying to find their identity in Christ when they're just trying to figure this all out? Yeah. Oh, well, I would say I've been there. (laughs) Uh, Even growing up in a a Christian household, you get to a point of realization, right, with your identity and and wondering what what really sticks. Um, So my advice would be just to not overcomplicate it. I was to the point where I was trying to sit down and I remember this just in college so clearly at my little desk in my, my tiny (laughs) room and reading the Bible and just thinking like almost hunkering down and saying, okay, God, you know, I'm reading your Bible and I'm doing this and I'm being a good Christian, um, very much air quotes around that. And it being this complicated legalistic, um, routine, And the more it become a relationship and an enjoyment and letting myself progress with God, um, the more freedom I found, but also the more fruit I found from that as well. So especially if you're, you're new to the faith or you're just coming back, make it a relationship, like any relationship, you go on a couple dates, you don't get married on the first one. I know there's some TV shows that do that, I think, but (laughs) the progress is gradual. And so let it be, okay, God, what are you speaking to me today or this week? Or if you have a word for the year, um, I I find as growth happens naturally, you get more growth. So not thinking you have to take on the whole Bible all at once, but allow yourself to ruminate and to chew on it and to let it really, um, to be able to digest it. Yes. You feel it's almost lunchtime. I'm using these these words around food. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting hungry, I can yeah. tell. Um, well, I'd like to talk just a little bit about the relationship part. Like, I feel like that is just so critical, or at least it was for me coming from a background as a as a young person, not really understanding the relationship part. I just I had never heard of that as a young person, but I did go to church. I knew all like about it. It just it hadn't transferred from my head to my heart. So I, I really do like your advice there on focusing on the relationship. Yeah, I mean, I had the same experience as you, Ellen, and it's I don't even know if I look back now, perhaps there was alluding to the fact that it was a relationship, but in my mind or the overarching message was um, like the law of the word, right? Uh, Yes. Commandments and do this and a holy reverence for God and understanding of this is serious stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's funny is when I look back on my engagement season, I realize how much of a a law and order type of way I viewed religion translated into my relationship. Um, Because when we were engaged, I thought, oh my goodness, what if I screw this up? What if I can't do this? What, you know, this is a big thing I'm entering into. What, what if I make a mistake? Because I'm human, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
it's just so funny to see how how deeply I did see it as uh, religion as a relationship, but the release I felt, which I'm sure you you probably did as well, is not only is it again more freeing when you come into a relationship of, oh, you know what, I'm human. That doesn't mean I treat this as casual, um, but I'm actually able to give it more of my heart, more of my effort, uh, safeguarding it from as many mistakes because it's not all on me, first of all, um, but two, it's it's a growing, budding thing that happens. Um, when you get married, you're bound to make mistakes. My husband is going to leave the toilet seat up or he's going to forget to take the trash out. <laughs> Doesn't mean I stop loving him. And the same is true for our relationship with God. It's be, you know, because you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? Not if you're perfect, you'll get into heaven, but the whole sacrificial relationship of Jesus coming to earth was so that imperfect people could know a perfect God. And yes. that is the most romantic loving expression we will ever uh, get to receive and so if it's not a relationship I think it tunes out um, part of that great love that uh, the Bible talks about um, in John three sixteen. it's that's love and a religion doesn't hone in on that capacity or that uh, facet as much as a relationship does so when we see God loves me. He gave his one and only son for me because out of that love, he simply wants my heart to be his as well. Um, it's just, I mean, I can, we can go on forever, right? Just talking yeah. about how much of a better analogy that is um, mm -hmm. for what faith was meant to be and designed to be and can be. Yes. And that, that is something we, we definitely can cling to. I know this morning I was just thinking about Psalm 23 and just, you know, there'll be times when your road is going to be rocky. And I love the fact that our identity, like when we are truly rooted, when when we have developed this relationship, no matter in easy times or hard times, that we we know who we are and who we can cling to and that God is always with us. Well, thinking about the person from becoming a believer and then sort of going through this process of sanctification, how do you believe being really strongly rooted in our identity as sons and daughters of Christ transforms lives because there may be people listening that just are, are don't know yet mm -hmm. yeah uh you know initially what just sticks out to me and when you're asking the question is the fact that we we do say sons sons and daughters right um a lot of my identity shifted in my one-on-one -on -one time with god but so much also is uh the people around me being a catalyst and the experiences, the relationships I am in all being kind of breeding ground for, for my identity and my relationship with God. I, I absolutely adore my husband and his faith. We have our separate faith, right? Our separate rela uh, relationship with God. But when I see him serving the Lord and leading me well, um, it only further emphasizes uh, the relationship I want to have with God and keeps me on this road of continual growth and i can say the same for my family and my friends 
And so I think a, a huge area and arena for transformation is also the people we surround ourselves with. Um, as much of a, a cliche as it can be, it's, it's completely true. Um, and the transformation process, as we're alluding to, what that looks like is um, less of what we can understand it to be. <laughs> I used to think um, there's almost like levels of spirituality. Like if you went to Bible college, you're here. Once you're a youth pastor, you're here. Um, but thankfully, the Old Testament version of you have to be this, this type of person to be under the, the throne room or the Holy of Holies, that was completely torn away when, um, well, not completely torn away, but the veil was torn in a way yes. that we have access to the father through Jesus, through, through time with him. And so that should be um, our transformational process is being with him, not hitting a level and leveling up, but yeah. just growing almost like um, just growing closer with him, I think is the, the true measure of transformation and the byproduct of that is, you know, increasing in knowledge, increasing in, in righteousness, increasing in our works. Um, so that's kind of how I would package it in a very rough ribbon tied way. Um, and what I've been able to experience myself from transformation. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, I went to my mom's group last night, which is, which is, uh, ministry at our church where we do Bible studies with moms making our mothering significant and last night when we met we were talking about the goodness of God and and how we have seen our own lives being transformed mm -hmm. like over time and recognizing the more we recognize God's goodness the more we want to be like him and and that's really what's going to transform your life and I, I noticed that you, you guys really talk a lot about that as well in the book. Mm -hmm. Well, in today's selfie obsessed world, so many people seem to um, be idols to themselves, but then unsure about who they really are. So how, how can we combat this in our current culture? Stop taking selfies. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's, um, it's a real thing. Um, I think for me personally, and that's probably the best way I can answer this question is what happens when we take a selfie is we take it quick snap, probably edit it a little bit and upload it. And I've heard one person, one leader say at one point in my life, um, if we're not taking time to ingest, digest, and then let it go down, um, we're not actually getting any nutrients from what we're taking in, right? So if we are not having our identity formed in the word and in a place where we have a separation to let that be all-encompassing, let it actually teach us, then we're just in the cycle of taking in and spitting out. So like taking the selfie, uploading it. Um, this is who I am, let the world see. But Often I found a lot of areas for growth, a lot of time for healing, a lot of time for transforming uh, to be in those moments of recollection, thinking back, taking time just alone with God. Um, we need that space to be able to process and uh, not just throw a filter on something quickly, but actually mm -hmm. 
you know, what are we capturing? What, what is being moment? What am I trying to display? Questions like that. And again, just having that unhurried, I feel like that's a banner for this episode, this unhurried, undistracted, um, unfiltered time of who am I? And, and continually, right? It's not a, oh, I've come to Jesus and I'm sanctified. This is me. Um, but it, it changes and we just want to check in. I think the, the David heart posture of God continually check my heart. Um, is there anything old that's risen to the surface or is there anything new that you want to deposit in me? Yes. And I love how your book, like, you know, when we're talking about how do we combat this sort of self-obsession is really looking at all of these different things here in, in your book. And I love how you have like these different categories, like part five is I am confident. And then you've got God is awesome. So I am humble. Mm -hmm. and God is present. So I am not alone in all these things. When you start to learn and really recognize who God is and how that impacts you, you become less self-obsessed because <laughs> your focus is going up mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of, instead of on yourself. So it's like marriage, you learn that first year, how selfish you've grown to be when you don't have to have someone else in the equation. And um, I think it, it can be a metaphor for our relationship with God too. As, as we focus on him more, we realize we're better when we um, don't just focus on ourselves. Yes. Yes. We, we desperately need him. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you hope most for the people who are reading this book? Hmm. Um, I think one of my, my biggest hopes for anyone that's, that's going through this devotional would be, I think, to create a rhythm um, that drowns out everything else. Uh, so many, it completely breaks my heart to see a lot of the struggles people I know and love are facing today when it comes to loneliness or anxiety and, and some of the, the key words are even pointing out of, you know, if I'm facing loneliness, I serve a God that's always there. If I'm facing heartbreak, I serve a God that mends broken hearts. Mm -hmm. um, so I, help, I hope that this creates a rhythm of interrupting our thoughts and our fears and our worries and infusing them with truth. So that we're not only getting by better, but that we're actually living off of um, like this ramble word of who God truly is and how he cares for us um, so that we're not swayed by what we see or face. Um, even as you mentioned, the highs and lows, the mountains and the valleys were sustained from an actual truth, a positive, uh, encouraging word of who God is. That would be that would be my desire for people to walk away with a way of combating what they see and face with something that is true and lasting um, from God's word. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing too, that I love how you guys set this up was that you really do at the end of each um, section, you have a reflect and respond. And I think the respond will 
is what's really going to lead to transformation, right? Mm -hmm. um, you you ask people to really think about some deep things and and think about how you can express those out in your day to day living. So mm -hmm. I really think transformation will be one of the things that happens when people read this book. Well, what is your advice for how readers can continue to use the I am transformed long after the 40 days are over? Yeah, um, this might be a little off the beaten path of use, but I would hope maybe you pass it on to someone else uh, that could benefit from it. Or if you keep it, maybe doing it once a year. My husband and I, we implement uh, prayer and fasting twice a year in the beginning and middle of, of the year, and it helps us reset. So seeing this as a, a tool to resetting, something that you can do alongside prayer and Passing in the actual word, of course, um, or is something that you want to deposit in someone else of, hey, my life was transformed and I want you to get to use this, this resource. Um, those would be two avenues that I would suggest or mm -hmm. cross my fingers for. Yeah, I was even thinking too that you could do it during Lent um, each year because it would be a really good time to, as you're reflecting on what Jesus has done for you, you can mm -hmm. be re learning and reminding yourself of what he has done in so many ways beyond dying on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. We we know that's the obvious one, but there's so many other things. Well, Christian, thank you so much for sharing that. Where can people learn more about sons and daughters and where can they pick up a copy of the devotional, I Am Transformed? So copies are wherever books are sold, wherever you like to shop, if that's Amazon or Target uh, or the Messenger International Store, you can get it in any of those. Um, connecting with us, our group account is at Sons and Daughters TV. Again, there's a lot of individuals that make up our collective. Um, I personally would love to connect with anyone, especially if you have questions around uh, transformation or anything I've said today. Uh, and I'm at Miss Christian Bevere. So many different places and handles. <laughs> yes. The main avenues um, for the resource and for the people. Excellent. We will put all of those links in our show notes. Well, before we go, I want to ask you some of our favorite Bible study tool questions. So the first one is what Bible is your go-to everyday Bible and what translation is it? Yeah, I have a, this is actually a gift from my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Julie and Addison. Well, Addison and Julie, if we're going to do them in the right order, and it is a journaling Bible, so I have space to be able to journal. It's an ESV. Excellent. Okay. Do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? You know, I surprise myself in this area. I usually like color coordination and the pens and the pencils and all those things, but I'm kind of strictly a pen gal. Um, especially with journaling and doodling, sometimes that poses the, the perfectionist in me to cringe a little. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good outer working. That's where we are right now. Cool. Okay. Um, lastly, what is your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Well, 
near and dear to my heart right now is a website I just launched for um, going deeper in the word. And I have some weekly encouragements. It's the husband's Bible. It's specifically for praying for your future husband. So mm. that's probably my favorite because it's the most proximity to me <laughs> at the moment. Um, so that has to be my answer. Ooh, all right. Well, we will include a link for everyone to check that out. Christian, thank you so much for being here today to share this devotional with us. It's just so freeing to know that when we learn more about God, that in turn helps us learn more about who we are in him so that we don't have to keep drifting through life, but we can really fully live out our purpose in Christ. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And for our listeners, pick up a copy of the Bevere-led Sons and Daughters devotional, I Am Transformed. You can find the link in our show notes. I'd like to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've also got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.